Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Yeah, I mean, you can see the way we came out, you know, just going at them, having a good flow for the game, coming out of halftime fast, but in the, I think at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth, we lost a little bit of that momentum. So, you know, it's frustrating, but, you know, teams coming in and out of games, only thing that matters is we're able to close it out. Zach Levine talking right there after the halftime. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. And let's be honest, man, if... if, if Here's the thing, right? Like, we're going to talk as real friends. I've been watching this Bulls team, and I've seen the iterations of the lineups and the rotations and where they're at, and there is zero doubt, zero, not even 1%, as to whether or not this 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 particular Chicago Bulls team with Pat Bev and, that, and their rotation is significantly better than any Bulls team that has been put on the floor and their rotation – over the course of the season. I want to be extremely clear on that. And I've been, uh, what, what have you been hearing me saying? Solutions, not problems. Work hard, be good. And Billy Donovan can't figure out the rotation of the Chicago Bulls, right? And and I feel like now, and I'm sure it has a lot to do with Pat Bev. I'm sure it has a lot to do with him. He comes in, and I got to be honest, I did not think Pat Bev was going to be starting. I thought they were going to keep Io in the one, at the one, and Pat Bev was going to be like the, the 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 energy off the bench. So shout out Billy Donovan. Don't don't hate on Billy Donovan for not doing what he's supposed to do. I know I know Loho and Pat and uh, Dan Bernstein were coming on coming down on on Billy Donovan for not coaching Demar in the fourth quarter because Zach only had one shot, and I wholeheartedly agree with that, wholeheartedly. But yeah, that was bad. It was bad. Me and Alyssa are here. You know, we're working the game yesterday, and we're both oh, like, you guys go, were working the game yeah. yesterday. So we're both sitting here, What's and we're both on? like, we're like <laughs> get the ball to Zach. Yeah. Like, they just, it's every time down the court, it's like, yeah. ISO, ISO for tomorrow, ISO for, for tomorrow, ISO for tomorrow. Every, every play, it's like, dude, Zach has 40 points. What are we doing? And, Studs, I was literally talking about that earlier today with my basketball group, and we were talking about Kevin Durant and why he will succeed on the Phoenix Suns, and the reason why is because he is the clear-cut number one. Regardless of whether you have Chris Paul on the team that is the, the – the who's the guy that runs Pinocchio? Gaspacho? Whatever his name is. I don't know. Geppetto. Geppetto, thank you. He's the Geppetto. He can score, and if you are if – you, if you vie and try to double-team him, the fact that Chris Paul can give it to either – KD or Devin Booker to bail him out in those moments. I mean, that is NBA 101, right? 
Zach, in the fourth quarter, I understand that DeMar DeRozan, thus, you're the king of the fourth. That's your nickname. But what's made this team successful, right, three out of four victories, Chicago Bulls, can't take that away from them, is the fact that Pat Bev, and we're going to talk to Casey Johnson about this at 820. Pat Bev has allowed Billy Donovan to define the roles of every member of the Chicago Bulls. You put Pat Bev at the one. You allow Alex Caruso to not be the definitive defensive stopper like he was in damn near every position. But when he was on with Goran Dragic, he was the two, which made him excellent. When he was on with Lonzo Ball, he was the two, which made him like Alex Caruso can't be your number one. And I think that that's what Pat Bev does. You throw, and again, got to give credit to Billy Donovan. Putting Pat Bev at the one, Caruso at the two, Zach, DeMar, Vooch in there as well in the starting lineup. Like, it's a really good lineup. Low key. Like, the starting lineup for the Bulls is smart. I don't know how to match up against certain teams. But Pat Bev, Alex Caruso, between the two of them, only put up nine shots yesterday. Or, uh, yeah, yesterday. Nine shots. Zach, Vooch, DeMar, on the contrary, 51 shots. That's a perfect starting lineup. You got your three that are ball dominant and that shoot at whatever time they are in the rotation. And then you get Pat and Alex to round it out. That's what you do. And that's what Pat allows the Chicago Bulls to operate at a high level because he, he without even knowing it, defines the roles of the members of the Chicago Bulls. You see Pat Bev, you see Alex Caruso in the starting lineup. You know that it's either Zach Vooch or DeMar that can take shots, whereas before there might have been an Ayo or a Pat Bev, or excuse me, Ayo or Pat Will, that were hesitant to shoot in those moments when they get the ball. Pat Bev, Alex Caruso, they know. We play D and we let the we let the scorers score. And when the second unit comes in, when DeMar takes a bench, which is, as you've seen in the second quarter, DeMar will take a seat, and then it'll be Zach Levine time, which he wants. You build his confidence in the first quarter. Then you take Zach out. If you've been paying attention, you take Zach out towards the end of the first quarter, you're being DeMar back in, and then DeMar is the primary scorer. The cool thing is, with that second unit, you also have Kobe and Pat Will with either Zach or DeMar so that they themselves become the secondary scorer. They do not hesitate to pull the trigger. Yesterday, Kobe White, six three-pointers. That's what you want to see from this team. Playing at a high level. Yes, it comes at the cost of not playing a Derrick Jones Jr., who I love. I Love Derrick Jones Jr. But with this rotation, with the Chicago Bulls, just doesn't fit in, and it's okay. It's okay. Can Derrick Jones be a contributor on another team? Absolutely. Well, here's the thing, though. On how many legitimate teams, like good, like championship team. contending teams, would he be in the rotation? Every team. Derrick Jones Jr.? No, he wouldn't. Every team, studs. He is a three-point shooter. He is a high-energy rebound getter he is a defender on any team 
then why is he barely in the Bulls rotation? And the Bulls aren't a good team. You're absolutely right. He he would not be in the rotation on any legitimate good team in the league. Not Lies. not as he is right now. Lies. Maybe in a couple of years when he's Lies. when he's more no, built stop. out, but no, not right no, now. No, no, you're 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 wrong. Derek Jones Jr. put him on any put him on the Mavs. Put him on the the Nuggets. He would he would average Seven points a game, five rebounds, and a block. I hope he's listening because he's like, damn, look at this guy talking the truth. He's just a. Uh, the thing is with the Bulls, and here's the difference the Bulls have a team that are starter dependent. DeMar DeRozan yesterday, 36 minutes. Vooch, 35 minutes. Zach Levine, 36 minutes. Those three guys need to play a majority of the time. And on other teams, there is a rotation with a a top two heavy team. If you're looking at the Nuggets, it's Jamal Murray and Jokic. If you're looking at the Mavs, it's Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. If you're looking at the Bucks, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo and Drew Holiday. Like, there are teams that are two-star heavy. The Bulls, three-star heavy, and you got to give them the tick. So, unfortunately... He is a result of that, especially when the bench players, like, like look who's the bench. Pat Will, you're not going to get more tick than him. Kobe White, supposed three-point assassin, not going to get more tick than him. Ayo Desumu, guarding your best guard on the bench, not going to get more tick than him. And Andre Drummond, Drummond he spells Vucevic. So you're not going to get more tick than him. I like it. Again, I can't say it enough. I do like Dylan, Derek Jones Jr., just unfortunate that he's not able to, to live in that space. All right, let's uh let's talk a little bit more about Billy Donovan and that game specifically versus the Pistons. And the Bulls were all 15 in the first quarter, but Billy Donovan talked about how turnovers played a role in that meltdown. Is that what you attribute the second half turnovers to? Just coming out relaxed, not being the I don't know really what the word is I would use. Relax, foot off the gas. You know, just urgency and edge. There's not an edge, whatever words you want to use. And, yeah, I mean, it bleeds into everything. It bleeds into broken pick-and-roll coverage. It bleeds into lack of communication on defense. It bleeds into carelessness and turnover. Like, all these things just pile up. And before you know it, you're just giving a team incredible momentum and energy to get back in the game. And then what happens is you can see we're on our heels and their physicality and force and energy has us back. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas I think you saw in the first half, like we were playing with a thrust and a force on both ends of the floor. And we've got to be able to sustain that. I love what Billy Donovan says, because when you, when you listen to him, he has that believability factor. Don't you think studs like you hear him and, and he sounds like us. He doesn't sound like a coach where he's like going to give you fluff. He's like, hey, bro, this is what it was. <laughs> when, he's, when he's done coaching, he's probably going to have a spot in a booth somewhere. 100%. Yeah. He did, 100%. He, did, he did a really good job of explaining the game in a way that everyone can understand. And I love it. And I think that you know a lot of people come down on him. Again, like Dan Bernstein not coaching DeMar DeRozan. And I, I agree. I, I want to be very clear. I agree with Dan Bernstein and that – Billy doesn't do a good enough job of coaching DeMar DeRozan in the fourth quarter where, air quotes, the king of the fourth just does what he wants. And I, again, again, and I understand DeMar's side too. Hey, Papa, it's me. This is what I do. Mid-range, fourth quarter, I get buckets. 
I get it. It's hard to argue against that. But there's but last night he wasn't. And that's my that's like the weird thing about the Bulls, right? Where you have a coach that is ever present, understanding, and cognizant of what is going on. But then you have the fourth quarter that just kind of does its own thing. All right, listen. I can give my opinion. Billy Donovan can kind of line us up with fluff. But there is one person that covers these Bulls better than any of us, and that is Casey Johnson. Does Casey Johnson think the Bulls will make that play in? Does he think Billy Donovan is doing the best job he can possibly do? We'll find out next. Casey Johnson joins us right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. We'll be back after this. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Side of the bounds, left sideline. Gene Ivey holds and looks. And he has to burn another timeout. How? Did they have a timeout? They didn't. I th- they didn't have a timeout. And Gene Ivey has called a timeout without a timeout. That's going to result in a tech foul shot. Bulls taking on the Detroit Pistons yesterday, 117-115. Another victory, Bulls 3-1 after the All-Star break, trying to keep that momentum going. And we get an opportunity to talk to someone that's close to the team than most. Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He covers the Bulls right there on NBC Sports Chicago, sideline reporter, and, of course, one of the best, Casey Johnson, hanging out with us right now. Casey, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I mean, obviously, you know, you've been following the Bulls all season, Casey. And, and, and you know, me as a fan, you as someone that's been right there, it's, it's, it can't be frustrating in moments. And before we even get to what the Bulls have done, you know, with Pat Bev and, 
and, and, and with the roster just kind of falling into its own, what were your expectations for this Bulls team after the All-Star break? Um, kind of what we see, what we've seen. I mean, we've seen, you know, good stretches of basketball followed by head scratching uh, moments of basketball. And that's kind of been their, their, their MO all season. Um, you know, you mentioned that they won three out of four, so that's good. And the defense certainly is playing pretty well. Um, you know, they've just been an inconsistent team all season. Um, you're going to be curious to see how they play obviously against a pretty high profile opponent tomorrow night. Uh, in Phoenix with the Kevin Durant um, addition, but they have played well against, you know, some good teams this season, which has made their performances against some of the lesser teams, including the near collapse last night, all the more head scratchy. It's just a team that, you know, you never fully trust or believe in because they've just had so many moments where they've just tripped up on themselves and, at this this late in the season, they kind of are who they are, and that's 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 the frustrating part about this team, right, Casey? I mean, when you look at them, I mean, why do you think the inconsistency has been so consistent? I mean, is there something you can point to, or maybe just the squad? Because I mean, obviously, it's easy to put a an umbrella over the squad and be like, yeah, just this team's inconsistent. But what can you point to? I mean, you've been there. You're right. You're right there up up close and center. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think I think early in the season, what you heard from from Billy Donovan was. Um, you know, more on the defensive end. He thought that, you know, they fouled too much. They turned the ball over too much. They've really cleaned up a lot of that stuff. And obviously the the high-profile stat, although I haven't checked it recently, is, you know, they have the number one defense in the league since January 1st, or at least they did a, as of a few days ago. Um, it's just been offensively, they've, they've just been very, very uninspiring all season. That day, it's pretty well documented. They don't shoot the three ball with much frequency um, last in the league in, in that category, they don't get to line very much. Um, and they just don't create a lot of easy points for them. I mean, a lot of their offense is reliant on just, you know, shot making and mid range shot making at that. Obviously DeMar DeRozan is one of the best to ever do it. And Zach Levine is an elite catch and shoot force as well. But for a team that's built around three offensive minded players, in uh, Levine, DeRozan, and, and Vucevic, you know, to, to be languishing in the bottom third offensively for much of the season is is puzzling. And um, as I've said, they just don't get a lot of easy baskets. Um, and obviously, if you had Lonzo Ball out there, that would certainly help. But you know, your roster also should not be this reliant on one player. So it's yeah. um, it's been it's been as you said, it's been. It's been frustrating if you're a Bulls fan. It's tough. I just, get, I just, got, I just got to cover him. I don't have to be a fan. <laughs> yeah. I just got well, damn, come to my side, Casey, because I mean, I know you're there. I still know you're a fan. Oh, we're talking to Casey Johnson, Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago, right here on six seventy. The score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Um, you know, you mentioned easy buckets, and that's that's actually something I've been preaching all year long. I mean, it seemed like in the beginning of the season, Casey, like every single time down the court, court, it was you know, a struggle to get a bucket, right? It was like this trying to operate your half-court offense as if you were in the playoffs. And then you saw it, you saw it towards the middle of the season, you know, Io pushing the ball a lot. You've seen Kobe doing it as of late. But for you specifically, what what's frustrating for you about this team? I mean, you see them in, in the present. You've seen them over the years. You know what they can be, what they should be more, more so. But what what's frustrating for you? 
Well, no, again, nothing's frustrating for me because I'm not a fan. I mean, I just, I, I just, I just cover the team, so nothing. Stop nothing it, is Casey. Casey, stop uh, it. You're a, no, you love this team. Don't, don't, don't give me the the, the, the cushy answer like I just cover them. No, uh, I know well, you. Uh, I know you love this team in your heart. No, I don't. I, I'm an objective journalist. I love the sport of basketball. And I love watching and covering the NBA. I'm not a fan of this team. I mean, if you're a fan of this team, you shouldn't be in this business. I mean, I'm, my job is to be an objective journalist. So. Nothing frustrates me, but to your point, what is frustrating about this team is their inability to be an elite offensive team when you're built around three offensive-minded players in, as I mentioned, Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic. They're just too talented offensively to be, you know, the last I checked, they were ranked 24th with offensive rating. And um, they just, to me, they they rely too much on – on, on shot making, there's just there, there's moments where you see the ball move and you see recognition of mismatches with Vucevic in the post and you see equal opportunity offense. But then when and you saw it again in the fourth quarter last night when that collapse started happening, when when things get tight or when adversity hits them, they all just kind of re- just resort to their individual bad habits. And what you saw last night was DeRozan getting into a lot of ISO ball, uh, Levine kind of not getting a lot of shot attempts after being so elite through three quarters. So they just don't, for, for as talented as they are offensively, they don't seem to be a high IQ offensive team. And so if you are a fan, that uh, is, can be a frustrating aspect to it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where we differ, Casey. I am in this business, and I am a fan. And maybe that's where I stand out because I look at this team, and it is frustrating, and, and I am emotionally attached to it. But – you know, every year you can't expect the championship. And I think that that's the one thing that separates the analyst from the fan is that, you know, you have to have those realistic expectations as to where your team is at in the present. And this Bulls team, f- from your standpoint, do you feel like they're closer to a championship or closer to a, a complete rebuild? Well, I don't think they're going to do the latter. I mean, you've seen this management regime come in and, and, and move off of, uh, pivot off of a full rebuild. They, you know, they analyze you know, that, that roster that they inherited from the previous management regime and didn't like what they saw. So they, they moved their chips in to start acquiring veterans. I don't think they're very close to a championship. I think uh, that's pretty obvious by the step back they've taken this season. And as fun as last season was, again, you know, once Lonzo went down, second half of that season was a pretty, um, you know, poor poor finish to that season. Um I think they're certainly relevant again, and they have a lot of talent. Um, but I think this window—I'm probably in the minority here because I've heard a lot of people say this big three is a failed experiment. I don't know if I would go that far because they're certainly relevant again. And you know, uh, last season they they did make the playoffs, although they kind of limped to the finish line and were an easy out. But I do think this big three has a as a ceiling, and I think you're seeing that obviously with the step back this season. Um, so I'll be curious to see what they do this off season. If they do pivot off one of these big three, obviously Vooch could become a unrestricted free agent as of July one, if, if they don't reach an extension before then. Um, but they're definitely, this is not a management regime that's going to go back to a full rebuild. They've, they've, they've played their hand in that regard. They have no draft capital and they've, you know, pushed their chips into acquire veterans. Yeah. I think, uh, being relevant, is the key, and I think that's something that AK and Mark Eversley 
we're trying to get this organization to. We're talking to Casey Johnson, Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago, right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Um, so how can they build on this? I mean, you know, from an analyst's perspective, right, not a fan's perspective, how, how, how can they build on this team and make it better for years to come? Well, um, you know, obviously they chose not to make a move at the trade deadline. Um, I think a lot of speculation is centered on them maybe pivoting and off that line of thinking and, and moving off one of the big three this off season. Um, so that's something that I'm going to have my antenna up for. Um, you know, DeRozan would have gotten you more value before the deadline because then that team would have had it for two playoff runs as opposed to one. Um, but, you know, this is they're, – they're in a little bit of a tough spot because, as I mentioned, Vooch can walk on his own accord as of July 1. Yeah. And they don't have draft capital as of right now. That Portland pick that they have uh, from the Lowry marketing trade may not convey. I mean, Portland right now is on the outside looking in. At, at slot, that pick is lottery protected. Their pick is owed to Orlando if it falls outside the top four. So they're going to have to get creative. And that's what you heard from Arturis. Uh, when the trade deadline passed that night, we were in Brooklyn. He, he, because I asked him that. I said, you know, how do you improve this team, um, you know, without a lot of assets? And he said, we've gotten creative before. And he was alluding to the summer that, you know, they uh, obviously acquired Demar Derozan and Lonzo Ball in those signing trades, and then use the mid-level to to sign Alex Caruso. That was a pretty dramatic transformation that nobody saw coming. Um, so they're going to have to get creative. And, uh, I always say, you know, I'm a pretty bad GM. I'm a beat writer. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's their pay grade, not mine, but they, they are certainly going to have to get creative. No. They don't have a lot of tradable assets. Casey, come on, man. We all look up to you, man. We look at, we, we hear, we hear, we read, we listen to what you have to say about this team because you're closer than most. I mean, what can the bulls do in order to get to, to the next level? I mean, Clearly, I mean, AK and Mark Eversley were like continuity was the answer with this core group that they had. And you've seen some some changes, very minimal, but you've seen some changes for this Bulls team. But, you know, in the next let's, let's look, let's look on a macro level, two, three years, you know, from now. I mean, what what does that look like for the Chicago Bulls team? Well, the first thing you got to do is, is figure out. And I don't know if this is going to happen or going to be possible, but you got to get Lonzo Ball healthy. So let's start mm-hmm. there. Um, obviously that's just a devastating situation for a team that, you know, focused on acquiring him, sent him to a, uh, you know, four year, $80 million deal and was obviously playing lights out in his 35 games with the bulls. And, um, now is just, you know, having the game that he loves robbed and taken away from him. So that would be a, certainly a big help, but you can't count on that. I mean, the evidence is the evidence at this point. Um, the fact that he's, you know, not cleared to run or cut, um, this many months after you know his second surgery is a troubling sign, but that would help if if it's if it's doable and possible. That would help start there. Then you obviously need internal improvement from Patrick Williams. I think he has shown some flashes and some promise this season, but he still to me is largely um, a question mark in terms of you know can he be a frontline star in this league. Um, so there's that. And then, as I said before, I mean, I, I personally think you need to pivot off one of the big three. I don't see them cashing in two or three of them because, as I said before, I don't see them going into a full rebuild. But 
maybe you get creative with a, you know, sign and trade with Vooch or something, or um, I don't know. Um, maybe you can, um, you know, trade DeMar, um, Zach. I don't know. I, I don't know. As I said, I'm not a great GM, but I do know they're going to have to get creative because they do not, they just don't have a lot of assets right now. Yeah, but, but, but Casey, you, you do have a heart and you do have an opinion. So when you watch this team, I mean, who, who is someone that frustrates you more than most? Um, frustrates me more than most. Um, probably Patrick Williams, you know, just because it's, I'm not, I'm, and I'm less hung up on his overall draft status because, look, I've been covering this team long enough to remember Marcus Pfizer. He was a fourth overall pick. I mean, sometimes you're just in a, you're just in an underwhelming draft, right? And, and, and that, you know, it's just it's like it's, Anthony it's, Edwards, think, James Wiseman, Lonzo Ball. Patrick Williams. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I, mean, I think I think I think that draft is going to ultimately, you know, go down <laughs> as judges. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, no, more just like an underwhelming draft. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm less focused on the fact that he's a fourth overall pick, and more focused on the fact you look at his physical skills, you look at his at his athleticism, and then you look at his mindset. And I'm not writing him off because he's too young to write off. I'm just saying that you you just. You just want more from him. You've seen but what, the what, what is that gap, though, right? Because we, 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 we all see the same thing. We see him go to the rim and try to dunk on Marvin Bagley Jr. Like, without question, zero hesitancy. I'm coming up and I'm going to dunk on you. But he misses it, right? And there, he's had several moments like that where he goes to the cup and tries to impose his will. But it seems like there's a gap there. There's something missing in between when you look at Pat Will. You know he can grab boards. You know he can hit the mid-range. You know he can go to the hole and dunk on you. And he can play defense. But, like, it seems like there's something there. So if you were to put your finger on it, what would you say it is, Casey? Youth and the fact that he missed most of all last season. So he's had a very atypical start Hmm. to his NBA career. He's still a very young player. Um, I personally think... This move that they've done now, even though it was a surprise because he actually was playing pretty well, but this move they went to out of the break, starting Caruso and bringing him off the bench, is the right move. In fact, it's one of the rare times I wrote a column um, saying it was way earlier in the season, even before they tried it that one game in Golden State in December. I, I said it was time to start Javante Green over yeah. Patrick Williams just because I think because he's got the deferential mindset that he does – I think placing him in that second unit puts him in a position to be more aggressive and also kind of lights a fire in him. Like, hey, man, dude, you're a reserve now. So, you know, if you want to be a star in this league, you got to show me, you know. So I think it's working. I, I think you, you mentioned that dunk attempt. I think you're seeing him be more aggressive and not defer as much. And that also comes because he's not playing alongside, you know, ball-dominant stars in DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic. So, I applaud this move. I think it's a good move for him to finish the season out like this. I wouldn't mind seeing him close some games, um, even though he's not starting them, and he hasn't been doing that either. But um, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not out on him. I think he's got you know you you saw a guy in Lowry Markkinen who some people went out on and look at him now. I mean, sometimes this league is about opportunity and and placement and rotational stuff. So uh, we'll see where it goes, but. Um, Man, you can see you can see the potential for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you look at Pat Will, right? Like, if he were to go to Utah, he wouldn't put up twenty five shots a game. But he's a better scorer than Javante Green. Uh, but Green can score in spurts, right? And that's why you put Will put P Will uh, in situations where he can create his own, knowing he's the second scorer. 
And I think that's what's important, right? Where when he's out there with Vooch and, and, and DeMar and Zach, he doesn't necessarily know his role. It's not defined. But when he comes in with that second unit, it's like, all right, I'm out with Zach. DeMar is on the bench. It's either me or Kobe White. Like, who's going to shoot the ball in this moment? And I, I love the fact they, they've put him in that situation. And, and Billy Donovan's had some, some tough moments throughout the year with, with rotations, but it seems as though he's, he's kind of figured it out and, and is able to be in that position now that Pat Bev has come in to secure that starting uh, one spot. Yeah, and I like that Isles in that group too. So you've got those three young guys kind of feeding off each other and, and playing with energy together. Um, and so, I, like I said, I mean, since the All-Star break, I think Beverly's arrival and Billy's decision to put Caruso over Patrick Lewis, I think it's kind of better aligned the two, you know, units, the two five-man units. And I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he rises, you know, over the next 18, 19 games either. <laughs> Hey, three out of four can't can't complain there. Hopefully, the Bulls can keep it up. So, ultimately, in your uh, professional opinion, Casey, where do you see this Bulls team landing? Is it eleventh, or are they in that playing scenario? Hey, I, I don't. I think it's going to come down to that. I think they're going to be eleventh or tenth. I think it's going to come right down to the end. But you know, uh, I, I didn't. I had them for forty-four wins at the start of the year. Obviously, they're going to fall well short of that. Uh, but I, you know, didn't really high, have high expectations for them even at the start of the year, and that was when I. I, like most people, thought Alonzo Ball was going to be playing. So even with Alonzo Ball coming back at some point, I had him for 44 wins. So I, I do think this team has a ceiling, and I think they've obviously underachieved this season. Um, I, I think it's going to come down to the end, and I think they're going to be in that 11-10 range. They just, they've just disappointed too many times for uh, me or anybody else to really get your hopes up for this team. I mean, every time you think they turn a corner, they just have this – really resounding thud. So maybe maybe we'll be wrong and they'll prove us wrong again and Beverly's arrival will keep these good vibes going. That's that's why they play the games. We will find out. That's right. Casey Johnson, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course, Casey Johnson, Bulls Insider for NBC Sports Chicago, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. You know, it's 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 tough sometimes, man. I gotta be honest, Duds. It's like I'm a Bulls fan through and through, and I'm a Bears fan through and through, and sometimes I I have to share the mic with, with a Mark Grody that keeps me honest, with a Casey Johnson that keeps me honest, where I might be blinded by my fandom, and, you know, I appreciate a Casey and a, and a Mark Grody that can keep me level-headed. You know what I mean? It sucks, to be honest. No, like, I know what you're saying. I want a Casey to be like, yeah, 10 seed, no problem, in there. Who knows? Might make it into the playoffs. Like, that's what I really wanted. But for him to be like, yeah, 10 or 11, that's where they're at. And That's the good thing about, you know, the like Casey was saying, like his his job is to be the an objective yeah, I didn't observer. Like I didn't like that. Well, it's his job. I didn't know? like it. I did not like it. I'll be honest. It, I, want, I, want, I want it to be your job, but I want you to love my Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I understand. And but I yeah, get that's, it. That's the, the, what I'm saying is that's the benefit of having him guy like him honest he can yeah. he can keep it real you're absolutely right because i'm sitting here the, the, the delusional bulls fan in case he's like yeah bulls are gonna be who they've been all season long and that's like the right side of your shoulder telling you like the real part like yeah absolutely that duh bulls are who they are but the left side of my shoulder is like me and i'm sitting there a little mini version of myself and it's like no dude bulls bulls won three out of four they got 19 19 games left they're gonna keep it going that's where I'm at. And I, and I'm like, oh, can they can they upset 
you know, if they if they if they sneak they backdoor their way into the eighth seed, can they beat a Milwaukee? No. Like, duh. We know that. But you know what I'm saying? If they end in the, like the seventh seed, can they beat a Boston? No. <laughs> They've beat them two out of three times this year. Yeah, I, it's fine. Okay, okay. 312-644-6767. Going to go to break. 312-644-6767. Going to have to break. I one more, one more, uh, one more for you guys before we get out of here. Who do you think the Bulls are more likely to beat? Shoot, shoot me a text right now. The Bucks or the Celtics? I mean, I know my answer, clearly. But I'm curious what you got to say because you know what? I'm high on the Bulls right now. So 312-644-6767. I'll, I'll read a couple of your messages after the break, and then we got one more before we get out of here. Leading you into Bet MGM tonight, it is Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. No, I mean, I don't really look at it like that because if they are a team, you know, if they think this was a one-time incident and they're absolutely convicted in the fact that it's not going to happen again and they believe in the character, then they should take him because his talent is right up there at one, two, three. Um, you just you have to know, you know, and so to me it's not like, you know, and, and the other thing is like let's say the Bears do trade back, like, you know, he becomes more – interesting, valuable, whatever you want to say as you get later because you know, at some point the talent begins to outweigh all the other questions um, you know, there's a price for everything there's a value for everything, so someone you might not take it one, you might take it nine, for instance Ian Rappaport talking about Jalen Carter and what a tough situation, right? I mean, that's the, like, listen we got a couple minutes here before I get off the air and if there's one thing that Chicago Sports Radio should be really discussing, I mean, I didn't open up the lines or anything like that, but it is literally this situation, right? Jalen Carter has been a keyword, a, a, a pivotal moment. Like everything you think about Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, those are the two names that have been circulating as to. Potential draft picks for the Chicago Bears. Franchise-altering talents. And, I mean, I get it. I get it. Because yesterday we did a go-live on Odyssey Sports with Mark Grody and myself, and we talked about the fact that Jalen Carter wasn't there. He was supposed to be. was supposed to talk to the people. Didn't do it. And, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Put out the warrants for his arrest. And I, I think Jalen Carter needs to give his PR team a raise. Because they did it the right way. And I'm a Puerto Rican male. And I was talking to a lot of my homies about this. And, you know, none of us are white. But we thought to ourselves, like, how would a white dude handle this? Right? Being honest. Like, an entire, like, like in, the, in the grand scheme of, like, woke culture. And if you're talking about, like, some white dude that has privilege and act like nothing. Like, what would it look like? It will look like exactly what Jalen Carter has done. Hey, Papa, here's a statement highlighting the fact that his misdemeanors and not a felony first. And then the smartest thing he could have done, the smartest thing Jalen Carter could have done was to go back to Indianapolis. I got no guilt on me, bro. I'm here. And you know what? 
they're going to let me participate in the combine. Why? Because I'm Jalen Carter. And I didn't do anything. And everybody should look at him and be like, eh, but he didn't do anything. Because that's what you would do if you were in that position. That's what has been going on in my group chats. And I love it. I absolutely love it. As a Puerto Rican man, I look at this and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. But you know what? We're going to give you the benefit of the doubt because of how you're handling your business. Because if you would have been a scary berry, Jalen Carter, and if you would have left Indianapolis and been pulled up in your Atlanta house and not talking to nobody, you would have seemed guilty as ever. Now, there's certain things that I don't like about Jalen Carter's statement, which is like, I'll be exonerated every charge you know, held against me. It's like, uh, I'm pretty sure I read the report that said you, Jalen Carter, where drag racing with somebody else, in a nutshell. Yeah, I think right? they got it on video. It's like, so. dude, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, you're that's exonerated. The only, that's the only part that... Foolish! Yeah, yeah, I think everything else, he actually, I think you're right. Like, he... he, he, he I was right. surprised to see him back in Indy so quickly. <laughs> smart, though. But, yeah, smart. smart. Get back there and do I didn't do thing. anything. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do anything. And... and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything. I, I don't know do what it. you guys are talking about. I didn't do anything. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I'm with you on that part. But yeah, the the one thing where he's like, "I'll be exonerated." Uh, that was the best. That was that to me was like the dumb part. It's like, bro, just be like the the process will play itself out. Well, and say it, anything know, like that. And and then the whole the the fact that his story has apparently changed multiple times right. isn't a good look. Not a good look. So like, we're gonna find out, you know, especially you now there's video evidence exactly what happened that 100%. night. You know, and, so and so. For him to say, I'll be exonerated in every way, it's like, so Foolish. you're saying you weren't there. Foolish, right. It's just a stupid I young think we have statement. Video, yeah, yeah. So. Now, the, 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 the other thing, like, again, you could say you're going to be there, say you were there, all that other good stuff. Sure, it's cool, bro. I get you. I get it. Listen, things happen. And, like, no shade. Like, I'm not trying to minimize what happened to the person that lost their lives. Of course I'm not. But we're not talking about that. They were drag racing. Buddy lost his, lost his life. If there are some laws within the Georgia, you know, laws that say that he can be accountable for that, then, hey, Papa, you do the crime, do the time, come back out. That's got to be what it is. But, again, he handled it like a G. He was like, nope. Nope, wasn't me. Back at the combine. Say what you want to say. They charged me. And then he, how many times did he say misdemeanor? Misdemeanor, misdemeanor, misdemeanor. Because we know that that's like a minimal crime that you can get expunged. A felony, you cannot get it. Damn, am I going to do this? Yeah. A, a felony, you cannot get expunged from your record. I want to make that very clear for those that don't know that are out there. I, me, Gabe Ramirez. I had a felony, 17 years old. I had to go to Springfield and plead my case after I graduated from college, after I did a bunch of things to, the only way you can get a felony removed from your record is to get a pardon by the governor of the Illinois, of governor of Illinois, in my case. And so I had to take my mom's car, my mom's Hyundai Tucson, drive it a couple hours to Springfield, sit in front of the courts by myself because I was too ashamed to get a lawyer, to involve anyone. I just did it all by myself. Did all the paperwork, did everything by myself. But I was a graduate of college. I was a... An outstanding citizen. I changed my life. And I sat in front of them. I was like, yeah, man, this is what I'm doing in my life. This is what I'm doing, whatever. I had a felony. And I'm trying to get it taken off my record. And sure enough, a couple years ago, maybe like in, uh, I think it was 2016. Governor Quinn 
Shout out Governor Quinn. Do I got time? Shout out Governor Quinn. Gave me a letter to pardon my felony conviction, right? So, listen, I will never pass judgment on a Jalen Carter because I know you can change. I know you can do something different. Problem is, Papa, you did that two months ago. It was January. You're wilding. But I do believe you can change, just like I did. And so I hold no judgment against him. And a lot of my, my friends in my group chat were like, no way he's going to be drafted in the first round. I said, are you kidding me? This is the NFL. A hundred percent he's getting drafted in the first round. Right, Stud? Don't you agree? You think as, second round? No as way. Of this, Zero. As of, as of this moment, he's probably going in the first still, a, yeah. A hundred percent. Jalen Carter, who people thought was going to be in the top four, slipping to the second round? No chance. Doesn't matter what he did. It'll be interesting to see. All right, guys. I love being honest with you because that's what we do here on the radio, right? I'm Gabe Ramirez. You are mi gente, my people. And I'm telling you, hasta la próxima. Until next time, I am Gabe Ramirez. Coming up next, BetMGM tonight. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Thanks for listening. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.